Hello yet again, and here we are with your daily installment of Two Mike Minimum. As always, Sean and I are double finger touching yep, each other. That's how as this we works do every episode. We <laughs> start every episode. It gets more embarrassing the more guests we have on to look at. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching just, that going, okay. Yeah, yeah we do <laughs> that. We just uh, start watching, watching, like, oh, this is what these young people are doing now. Like, yeah. if this is. <laughs> weirdos I lend to my house. <laughs> Big mistake. Right. Your lovely. Well, abode. That's why my wife is here, just in case there's any trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, well. But anyway, I'm Peter Clark Deutsch. I'm Sean Barry. And we are in New York City on our continuing series of New York City transplants. Yeah. Yeah. And we're joined today by a very funny comedian. He's fresh into New York City. He's on XM Radio, and he's been part of the Hard Hat Comedy Tour, sponsored by Volvo, Carmen Ciricillo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for, for coming. Thank thanks you. for making this easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Our, our main thing people are like we'll come to you and they're like yeah i'll do that beautiful <laughs> yeah. no it's so funny because like i re- i tell these people like oh great you're gonna be on this podcast and i realize like oh they i bet they think we have a studio or something <laughs> yeah, where it's like, like no we don't have a studio no, we just, just take this wherever a little recorder and if hope. you listen to podcasts yeah. you know right because yeah. yeah corolla and marin they're all traveling with their little gear they're in hotel rooms so mm-hmm. this is it yeah it's perfect because 20 years ago i always said god if i could just make money at home yeah yeah if I could just do it in my own, and this is what happened. This yeah. whole revolution now is you can make money doing stand-up, comedy, podcasting, yeah, yeah. wherever you want to go. Exactly. Just you bring YouTube your channel. You bring yeah. your audience to you. You don't go to your audience. So yeah. People, people can download you at any time, which is nice. Yeah. You know, our audience is slowly but surely building. Yeah. We got a big following in, in, uh, in Russia, Russia now. Russia, <laughs> Russia, Ukraine, Belarus. Yeah, because we interviewed a, a comedian who's... Uh, big in russia it made me podcast. think that yakov smirnoff was coming on the way you promoted it i'm like oh wow they got yakov <laughs> yeah. yeah that's exactly it uh no but dennis chizoy who hopefully will get again on the podcast when he's here in the states but uh because we did it over uh, over skype so we had to like play with like I, I, skype audio it still was amazing that there's comedy in russia oh it's just starting yeah he, it's like he, that's what he mainly talked about it's like this is it's all like seven years old yeah like comedy in general over but there no limits oh there's limits but yeah there's limits <laughs> like, but it's, it's like worse than having the club owner watch you yeah well i mean putin's the club owner of russia yeah so, so. yeah i think the guy's just the like, consequence is greater <laughs> yeah. yeah it's more of like oh i don't think you know instead of bombing i think you just go to siberia to do more material and bomb <laughs> yeah that's you just, where you I, look isolation is best for comedy <laughs> <laughs> the gulags are just open mics yeah there's five drunkards and 20 20 people who are forced that's, to do it that's that's the biggest reveal it's not like working in a camp somewhere in siberia you have to keep doing open mics to nobody yeah <laughs> that's and the to tell you the truth after being here for three weeks weeks the gulag doesn't sound bad <laughs> yeah at least you have a crowd yeah, yeah. so you've been here for th- three weeks now or about three weeks really yeah wow yeah. so that's like for, that's earlier than samantha yeah <laughs> this no, we've gotten some very yeah. new people to new york so how are, you, how are you liking it so far the fresh perspective uh, i i love it you know here's the thing i didn't put comedy number one this time mm-hmm. that's how you fool yourself if you're not getting enough gigs anyway i didn't put comedy number one i was here for the weather yeah, <laughs> well, you coming from Tampa to New you York City? You can't be disappointed. Coming from Tampa to New York City for the weather? Okay, the weather. buddy. <laughs> I'm here for your frigid winters. I need. I, well, you do. Yeah. After being in Florida for a while, you will pray for this. Oh, I'm, I, I, I could. Un- I could actually understand that because, like, I have I have a cousin who lived in Los Angeles, and now he's going to school at Brandeis, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to like 
the seasons, yeah. what they're like. Uh, how are you enjoying I mean, fall so far? October, New York, nothing beats it. Like this is yeah. this is the best time to be here. It's a cold fall. It's a it's a little chilly, but like yeah. it's like the best because like this is the nicest time it's time going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. a baby in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Everything is new. Yeah. Like I heard the noise this morning and I was in my crib <laughs> and it was that pipe just filling up with hot water, which I had no idea was happening. Yeah, avoid, yeah. avoid the pipes is my suggestion. I All my electrical cords are wrapped around them. Yeah, that's super dangerous. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. My dad was a fire rider. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. I Yeah, this past New Year's, I slept over at my brother's place and he just had a hot pipe in the middle of his living room and I woke up hungover Bang my shoulder into it, got a second degree burn. <laughs> like it's just, I mean, there's no warning sign, no nope, stickers. No, nope, it's just just this a hot is, pipe. This is the next lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hot coffee Roundup, and now some type of furnace pipe that yeah. I'm not used to. Yeah, just just hot water everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you st- where did you start again? Or actually, how long have you been doing it? Because you've been doing it for a while I, now. Yeah, right? Here, I mean, I don't even sometimes go back this far, but I started doing it in like '85 ish. '85. Mm. It's like kind of like the first comedy boom. Yeah. yeah, but I was here's I was at college, right? So mm-hmm. I'm doing right, right, right. I'm doing like everybody else. I don't know if you yeah, went to college yeah. or not, but mm-hmm. did you know what you we wanted to do? Did. Obviously, you're comics, so <laughs> it didn't turn out what yeah. you thought it was going to be. Just <laughs> like, okay, uh, so that's the same thing. I was at college, right? I'm going to be a doctor first, then a lawyer, then I kind of whittled it down to marketing, and then I was happy with just just get the degree, but I needed something on the resume, so I started doing the. I was running the comedy show for the university. Mm-hmm. What school was this? University of Iowa. Okay, yeah. So at that time, the biggest comic we had through was Tom Arnold. Oh, oh, he yeah, was nowhere we... near. Yeah, but that's probably the man before... he is today. Yeah, right. Because right? he was a married to Rosanna. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's pre that, that's, that's pre Roseanne. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a cool time, and I, I still didn't know I was gonna do comedy. I just mm-hmm. was looking for something for the resume. Mm-hmm. And then kind of left that world for a little bit, went back to Cleveland, got back in construction with my family because, you know, we're just having fun. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just, it's a family business. I can't say, well, I mean, this is not a limited podcast, right? No, we can say so whatever you want. Everything oh, was, yeah, yeah. my wife will be the one that'll be like, why did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> get canceled at your own risk, as we say. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, if you ever get a big time gig and you're like, take the podcast down, we will. Like, yeah, that's, oh my God. Like, that, that's, that's crazy. Our, that's our offer to all of our guests. <laughs> what happened to the Carmen episode? Who? <laughs> I don't know. Technical difficulties. Who? Carmen? Yeah, I don't know. Him. Yeah. <laughs> or you will use it against me. Oh, for yeah, we will blackmail you, too. If you're still not making the, the top podcast yeah. if you're not number three right. in the nation you're gonna be like carmen carmen grand. <laughs> we need the, carmen we want the hour on hbo yeah <laughs> no i think uh iowa was probably my first scene but really cleveland did you wait, so did you perform or did you just like run the i ran it but i did the mc okay yeah, yeah so. so i was learning and yeah, yeah, becoming yeah. a comic without knowing it and not even choosing it so did you like do jokes, like trying to like warm up the crowd or was it just like, oh. I didn't really know structure at yeah, all in yeah, comedy. Yeah. I was more of uh, like we said earlier, narcissism really led the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I thought. Exactly. People want to hear from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they want to see me do an air guitar. <laughs> that's what they want to see me yeah. do. Yeah. And you know, that's that kind of is the confidence thing in the beginning where you think you can do better than everybody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which in cleveland when we started doing it there that was uh, a contest so you had to fight with everybody to get to number one you got 50 bucks if you won and the first time i went up i won wow so oh that fuck made me yeah. Feel awesome like yeah i made it I, lo- I was looking out the back of a cadillac window because my cousins all drove cadillacs mm-hmm. they were all wealthy they were all in construction uh-huh really and that's what i thought life was mm-hmm. i was very limited in thinking okay just get enough money buy a caddy 
a nice house in Cleveland. You've made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And comedy just took it all. In <laughs> <laughs> and then the comedy all competition the different comedy took it away. Ruined no me. Cadillac in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, wow. I was about to say, you made $50. That's probably the most you still probably made. Because we, I've had to make $50 doing comedy. And it's you different. You made $50? Oh, it's like different. in one gig? Yeah. In one gig, yeah. It's, it's like different now. Yeah. Right? In Florida, oh, yeah. you can make 50 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, here I could see it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's just here we have such an oversaturated market of comedians and shows put on that everyone's like, well, I'll go to the other one or like whatever, and people don't necessarily come out, which is why there's so many people barking on the street constantly. Hey, come on in. I Chanel mean, will drop by. Yeah, the only way you can get really paid in New York City is if you do the club spots. Yeah, and it's like I mean, there's a lot of shows going on, but they're not going to pay. Well, you. No, you yeah. do you do a free show and then you mug them afterwards. That's how you make your money. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's my strategy, anyways. Uh, net worth over 200000 only allowed at this show. Yeah. <laughs> Cash yeah, only. It's a different scene for sure, and I think it's harder for everybody that's starting now. Cleveland's. No, you oh, guys. Sorry, Everywhere, sorry, yeah. Yeah. You guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cleveland's, oh, yeah, yeah, Cleveland's yeah. probably just as hard. You know, yeah, same yeah. thing. Florida's the same right now. Like, mm-hmm. It's not as bad as New York. New York mm-hmm. is way more... You got to have so many people. You're going to pay five bucks, a dollar per extra minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow, how did this all The one thing I hate is are the mics that are now like, and I feel like this has happened maybe recently or maybe I wasn't paying attention back in the day, but there's mics that are like $5 cover, but if you want to go up earlier, it's an extra five dollars. And all it's that an encur- all that encourage. Yeah. But the thing is that all that encourages that like every comedian is just going to pay ten dollars now because they don't want to be at the end. Yeah, so it's here's, like, a, here's uh, a bunch of guys yeah. with no money mm-hmm. that we're going to ask for money, and we won't pay them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that'll get better. Uh I don't know. I might when we th- euthanize all the yeah. open mic <laughs> yeah. we've, we've said it for a while. We should start handing out open mic licenses to people. Like you can apply for it, and if you don't make it after a year, you lose your license. Yeah, to do like state-controlled state comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I think also the economy. If you have not come across this idea yet, it's the economy. It's too good. Yeah, and the economy's yeah. too good. Anybody could become a comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your base level of life is great right now in this Hell country. Hell yeah. We're just yeah. leeching off our parents doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Look, I got, I got three kids. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Right they could yeah. become open micers in a heartbeat. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's like definitely definitely the thing. Like That's why you get a lot of like Westchester college students doing it. They have nothing, right. they have nothing to lose. Well, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the version of slumming is what they used to call it when you went yeah. to a bad neighborhood just to see how everyone else lived. Slumming now for rich people is trying to do what poor people do. And what <laughs> yeah. poor people used to do yeah. was stand-up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it used to be like it was like a way poor of, people. Yeah, getting up on stage and like, yeah, working your way up and like a perspective. Now it's like the cool thing to do. So like kind of rich and tile people are like, oh, I can get on the stage and talk about what I want to like talk about. So Except they don't see it correctly. No, oh, yeah. they, their perspectives are warped as hell. Right. It's it's true. It's very true that, you know, if you say millennials or any younger generation on how they view what a problem is, mm-hmm. it's not a problem. You know, it's the same thing like white people, problem, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's not a problem. The mm-hmm. problem is being drafted into an actual war and then laying in grass and being shot at and maybe coming back with a less missing a leg. That's a problem. And so this is what got you into comedy. <laughs> well, Vietnam. and that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. But I was going to ask you that. Yeah. It was kind of, I had a Vietnam in my life. And, and that's yeah. really kind of like maybe why. And they say mm-hmm. this all the time. And I didn't pay attention to this because this is kind of a new thing. You didn't hear about this, that people had problems, got into comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, did you have a problem, either one of you? 
Uh, is that why you got into comedy? Like in base, like in terms of like base needs, no. Like I, you know, my parents, had, I had a house and food every day. Oh, like yeah, I, exactly. You know, like ours are always like mental problems. Like food. I struggle with depression, so that kind of got me more into it. it there's like, a, there's be- a lot of that. Right now. For, the me, best for me, it was just like the desire to be popular in high school. It was the desire of like <laughs> Women? getting. Yeah, yeah, women exactly. too. too yeah. You know, the desire of getting it's attention. It's well established. Women that I hate feel comics. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You find that but out like, later. When yeah. I first started doing comedy, I was 16. The reason why I did it is because, like, I wanted to be like this interesting quirk about me that would get me attention uh-huh. as a teenager, which I, I didn't work because I wasn't funny <laughs> at the time. But, like, that's sort of like like a, this insecurity is like this, like, insecurity. the reason why right. I got into it, you know? Well, I think for me, you know, and I. My father died when I was 14, mm-hmm. and I talk about this in, in my act. Mm-hmm. I try to make it funny, which is very difficult, you know, that my parents were got divorced when I was six and again when I was 12. So that's unique. <laughs> yeah. that's good. You know, you don't get they money. Went, they you know, went two, two rounds. rounds. Two, they yeah. got back together <laughs> to yeah. argue some more, and I always said, well, they would have got divorced a third time, except my father ended up <laughs> got shot and killed. <laughs> <laughs> when he was when I was fourteen, and then people freeze up in the audience. Don't freeze up. It was the seventies in Cleveland. Everybody's dad got shot and killed. That's how it was, mm-hmm. and it was so true because in Cleveland in the seventies, yeah, it, it was, was very the, high the crime. Biggest, right? It was the city for bombings in the seventies. Wow. So yeah. it was it was the Danny Green. You know, it was the mob. It was uh-huh. everything. It was all happening in Cleveland. We were there at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, my dad didn't get killed because of a mob-related issue. Although I kind of try to make it seem like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'll bring that in every so often. But it was s- tragic for the family at that time, and I think that's where this need to find someone to approve, who never gave me the approval as a young person. You know, saying, you know, love me, man. I'm funny. I mean, that's I'm trying to entertain you. I don't want you to be sad either. You know, that's and yeah. that's what happens with comics, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened with Richard Voss. You know him, right? Voss, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, he, yeah. like he was. I know who he is. I don't think I've ever met him. I mean, his like his like life story, like his like his mom got his like dad arrested for not paying like child support, and then his mom like abandoned him and his like sister like gave him off to like one like her like his aunt or something i, I had yeah. the same thing it's but like, i was abandoned oh, within my like, own house oh, yeah exactly yeah. So they abandoned like, me upstairs and yeah. they never came and checked on me again <laughs> yeah <laughs> stay in so your room like, mm-hmm. we'll, maybe we'll mm-hmm. come back up and, and see you but no i look at that i don't even think that it bothers me uh at all after i was about 15 16 i don't think it bothered me because i was free because yeah, my life was very uh, limiting when my father was very, you know, he was a, a kind of a overseer, very tough. He was a lawyer who didn't make any money, by the way. Yeah. He lost all his money because he was not a great lawyer. He hated being a lawyer. He had a pizza place. He had a bar. He lost all that. We went into negative when he died. So instead of having anything when he dies, we owed money. My mother and him were so screwed up that she actually had to file custody of her own children. Mm. So we had to do this every year. She had to reapply to watch her own kids. Like, who, whose mom wants to do that shit? Yeah, no. That's, if you had a chance, you'd be like, I don't have to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like, I can give them to the ramp every year. Yeah. Give them to the state. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foreclose yeah. on them, here, please. Here, Cleveland, take care of my children. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So, so you got started in Cleveland, essentially. Right. For Cleveland the comedy for club. like two years, I believe you said. Uh, I started in 87 mm-hmm. and then left Cleveland in 90. 
Okay. And then yeah. you went to, that's when you went to Tampa? And I went to LA. Oh, you went to LA. Okay, yeah, got you. I lived in LA from 90 to 92 and uh, did kind of the alt comedy scene. I was with the improv for a while in in uh, Santa Monica and that's where I kind of developed a lot of my material mm-hmm. for corporations, really. Right. As, as soon as I did that, I got out of the clubs. Most of the clubs I ended up not going back to. Okay. So yeah, you were kind of steered away from that, just kind of more like working your routines and kind of more you're like a little bit more of a character right with the stage so like you know like i i don't we never done any corporate gigs but like i i've been told they're like very like clean and they kind of like wanted a certain way right yeah well what i was doing was similar to who i was anyway mm-hmm. and it was very similar to what i had done for work for mm-hmm. a long time but what i did was i became the stereotypical bad contractor you know i drank you know, looked at your wife, was late on the job, you know, never did what he said he was supposed to do. You know, everything was bad. But I did it for the construction industry and they loved it. Like they were not offended at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were encouraged by They're it. They're like, oh, it's yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. We recognize well, that look, guy. Look, Bob, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, yeah. So that became, it was interesting because the first gig I ever did corporately was in 91. And my, the most money I ever made was 300 bucks in 91. But I got this corporate gig in Chicago for eighteen hundred. Wow! Oh shit! That's nice. And weed. Yeah. And a tip for three hundred bucks. Yeah. And everything you could imagine. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it seems so obvious to get out if you have a chance to escape. Mm -hmm. And I was doing, you know, ice house for free. I was doing improv for free. I was doing, I had 12 rooms that I booked Mm -hmm. because I was making any money. Mm -hmm. So I ended up trying to figure out how do I make cash? And really I was looking at the Cadillac and the house. Right. That's what I still had in my brain. That was success. That's where people were going to pat me on the back and say, you did it even though your dad was gone and we said you sucked and Mm -hmm. we thought you were gay and the rest (laughs) of the shit. Because if you had an umbrella in Cleveland, you were gay. That's that's how they viewed you. Oh, yeah. Everyone at some point is called gay for some reason. Oh, yeah. like, uh, I saw you walk down the left side of the street and the guy must be fucking gay. It's true. And yeah. I had another cousin that was never gay, though. Like, he was a strong guy that everybody looked at. And mm-hmm. They were like, oh, no, this guy. Me, I couldn't. They would not trust me with, like, a riding lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Things I wanted. It was kind of like that. Uh, is it Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, where he tricks people? Tricks into, people. Yeah, it's Tom Sawyer. I think this is what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tricked me into thinking cutting grass was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how you get a good employees, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they true. just convince them. Convince them that you do all the work and, I'll, <laughs> and then we'll split the money. That's that's the best way. It's so yeah. evil, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's still corporations. Corporate America. I try to tell people about it. <laughs> they don't listen. Yeah. yeah well, and the only way to get them back is charge them a shitload of money for a comedy gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And she's like, oh, I hate it when capitalism works against me. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's why I say, like, like we, uh, we, well, actually, no, you didn't, but I barked for White Plains Comedy Club, yeah, which is like a new comedy club that opened up in Westchester. Uh, I actually got paid for it, but it was like, it was like it was always it was annoying to go up to people and be like oh hey you know oh, handing yeah. out flyers because it's just like no one likes you know capitalism when it's in their face you know yeah, just no like one... oh here's the flyer come to the comedy show this is how the free market works but <laughs> yeah push it on people gonna... <laughs> that's also not a good way to get people to come in though but it is yeah. the baseline of capitalism you're right yeah yeah and that's it actually works because mm-hmm. if you can knock door to door face to face if you can talk to someone straight on mm-hmm. you can make money yeah no matter yeah. what you're selling. 
The problem with barking is that you're a comic. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't trust that it's going to be funny because why would you have to go out there and drag us in to watch your show? Right. Yeah, exactly. like, this was for other shows. No, like, but yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in theory, but, for yeah, everything, no, yeah, in, this in, idea, always, I mean, personally, it's got to hurt you. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never barked in New York City. I never, I never planned to. I've, I've done it I, a, I did this a handful for, of times at the village. I did this for the money. I didn't. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's one of those things where like, it's hard to get people to think you're funny if they've never heard of you. You're like, you're just oh, yeah. guy. Because like, when people see you, they kind of like... Ex- like they they come in thinking like like all right funny man yeah you know it's, it's a challenge not, yeah it's, yeah. yeah it's a lot, a lot of this, I think is just earning the trust of people to to get them on your side to laugh at you it's you against the crowd no matter what anyone says mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're going on stage there's a hundred people and they will turn on you <laughs> yeah they will make you feel like you need to get out now <laughs> yeah and if you if you agree to that they kind of like it. Mm-hmm. There's there's crowds out there that love to watch people fail. You know they used to showcase those crowds. Night of, it was the Showtime at the Apollo was one of those that yep. they purposely yeah, no, I remember encouraged. That. Yeah, heckling a lot of heckling. Yeah. Boo. And you know I've always been like I'll do that show 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent I will because I like the opposition. You know I I think that makes you better. It would always amazes me is that when comics say I'm not going to do this room it's too hard. It's not my type of crowd. I, do it. Because that's what's going to make you better as a comedian mm-hmm. every time. And back when we were doing it in the 80s, 90s, there was plenty of people at clubs. If there were 20, they'd shut the show down. In fact, they still do that. They still do it. There's still clubs that I work that will say, we only have 35. We're going to cancel tonight. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, we, we, would, we currently would kill for 35 people to see us. I mean, like, all- yeah. Well, because like, they don't want their rooms to feel empty. You know, they want to feel like, oh, we got like, oh, the best comedians, the best crowds. We're packed. Come we, out. We, we did this late night show last night in White Plains, and then we had uh, eight people by the time we were up. Well, that was impromptu, too. It, impromptu, but yeah. we told people about it. Like, it's just like, it's a show after the main show. So right. it's, like, it's kind of like what they do at the strip, where it's like after the main show. Right. You know, comics come on, work out five, ten minutes or whatever, and we had about eight people, and it's a big empty room. But like, you know, people were on our side though for the whole show, so it was fun. Like we got, yeah, like, fun. Yeah, you know, Peter made a brand new friend uh, because he looked like their boss, and they, oh, they, yeah. they loved him. I literally just let a person like this person thought it was so hilarious that I looked like someone she worked with, and she wouldn't stop laughing mm. throughout my entire set. Right. And I was like. Thank you for laughing at not what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> just being entertained in general by my appearance. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough, but you'll have to take it. Oh, you take know, the, take the extra laugh. It's the cream. No, it's like I, you know, have you learned from every stage time? And like, you know, I like, I like the, I like the opportunity to do a bunch of crowd work on that show. Yeah, so that was fun. A, I would do enjoyable. it. To me, even you know, I, I think now that people say to me, it makes sense that they're here for the comedy. So let's put on a show for these people. And when I first did my first two-person show, I killed. Mm-hmm. I killed. Yeah, I wasn't afraid to do it. I wasn't nervous about doing it. I actually put on a show for these people. I was happy to actually pull it off. And I thought, why was I so anxious about not having a full room? What was it, you know, about me? And I think that's again, it, it makes you a better comic. It's not great for revenue. It's not great for, you know, the long run. But if it happens to you, you have to do it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you got no choice. And this is what this area is. I've not seen a full house yet. I've not been to a club yet that has a full house. Yeah, it's it's been it's the rooms in New York City have been just been weird lately, because like 
I mean, like a lot of people think, well, good. Like they don't go to clubs as much anymore because they're going to go see a big act at a theater and sell those out instead. So, like, getting people to come out on like a Thursday or even like a Friday night, it's like, oh, it's the show aspect of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a lot of people just meet. There's so much media today that getting people getting people to come out of their houses is so hard for anything. Right. Right. Because like, why would I go watch you live when I can go on Netflix and watch another comedian I've heard of? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can do that basically for free because you're paying however much you pay for Netflix and you know you can watch it a thousand times. But you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're trapped in your house. And if you're 25 to 40, I'm going to even say 40 because I don't think 40 actually is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who had 35 are done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're done. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to sit at the house? You know, go out, hang out. You know, if you're not, if you're not, if you're single, especially you want to be out with people. Yeah. And comedy, there's nothing else like comedy. You know, there's no real live show like comedy. Everything else is, you know, if you see someone even sing original tunes, they get usually a band behind them and they're not trying to make you laugh or keep your attention. This comedy thing is the most difficult thing. It's impossible. It's like being the greatest orator at a show for a certain amount of time. If you don't pull it off. You feel horrific. Yeah. But for some reason, you go back up at it. <laughs> yeah. You go back. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a switch. Here's what I always say. Look, because I've been around longer than you guys. Things will turn around. Whatever usually is hot goes away. If something is hot, sell it. Get rid of it. Yeah. As soon as it gets hot. I used to work a lot of clubs that I ran back in the day in Sarasota, Florida, and I had a feeling that the club was going to go down. It's some point, like the stock market. You know, every time the stock market gets to 27,000, yeah. I watch that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it never can go past 27. It falls for mm-hmm. stuff. It's tariffs or, you know, Jim Cramer shit his pants on CNBC <laughs> or something crazy. Yeah. They make the market, they're just looking to sell. And I think that's what's going to happen in comedy again. Right now, have you paying attention now that people are not comics? And this is something I think that I've been doing for a while. I don't care too much about worrying if the crowd is sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I've seen a lot of guys where you said cancel cult- the cancellation culture. Yeah. Right? Whatever that term is now. Mm-hmm. This is if you got something big, you better be careful because we're going to come after you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real comics, real comics. If you told a comic his joke was offensive, he would intensify that joke and torment the shit out of you with it. Because a comic is an independent entity. We didn't get into this business to be told what to do. I don't know what everyone's doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is everyone listening to what the crowd wants? This is not why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Or else we would have said, like everybody else said, I'll become an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ACDC. No one's going to cancel me. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. You got to give up everything and it might not work. So why should you have any say in what the hell I do on stage? You don't get a say in this. You got money and a house and a car. I'm living in a friggin' apartment. I dropped a jar of mayonnaise <laughs> and I let it sit there for three months. <laughs> That's fucking Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah. You know, you read about, I'm not that mental. I'm yeah. sure that I've done stuff like that. But when you hear about comics, and I know, you know, my friends and my 
the people that I deal with, I go, yeah, we, we're mental. Yeah. So don't fuck with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we know. We, we were joking earlier. Like, we're all narcissists to a sense. So, like, we're, we're, this is us. This is what I say, and this is what I say it goes. Which I think is like, I, I think Jim Jeffries said this. Is like, that's a nice part about stand up, though, is no one can take it away from you. There'll always be a bar with some guy sitting in it who will listen to you. No exactly. matter what you do, like, you can always just go there and be like, all right, let's see, see what you got. But if you got into the cellar, and who, what's the woman's name? Etsy? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Etsy, Etsy or so, yeah. whoever it is. Like back in the day, it was Mitzi. Mm-hmm. Mitzi the comedy was store. store. First of all, when I you know did the comedy store, I didn't think Mitzi was going to live that long. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, even if I do fuck up, you know, there's going to be a new owner because who the hell wants to own a comedy club for more than a few years? They all yeah, stay. They all stay. Yeah. Yeah. They're all One there. They're all still there. I tried to call like an a booker in Cleveland to get a spot and he had sold the business to this comedian who said that I was rude to her in a green room in 1982 or whatever. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's the people with the strongest memories. You're holding that against me? Like, why have family and friends that could, we could blow it? She didn't give a shit. (laughs) She was so ready for that phone call. Oh, they're like, I've been waiting on this day for so long. She was waiting to knife me so hard. So funny. But I, I was happy about it because I thought, I don't care, man. Look, the, I've never, I've done it my way, you know, the entire time Mm -hmm. and I've done okay. And I think that's the lesson. The lesson isn't to say you're sorry Mm -hmm. for something you said as a comedian that someone got offended about. And I, I'm so, I'm thinking now it's going to turn around because I'm hearing Sebastian Maniscalco rip on the MTV crowd. Wow. And then you got Bill Burr doing it. You got Chappelle now doing it. So everybody is saying, if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what they should have been saying all along. And it's easy to do when you're a big man. Yeah. 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 Because you have your audience. But I if mean, you just got yeah. in with Mitzi or Etsy, and then you are worried that you're going to lose your spot at the cellar, you might not do what you want to do. And I think that hurts a comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any sort of censorship, really. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think you just need to be fearless about what you're going to like. You should be committed to your act, and that's what you are. You know, like, uh, I, like I don't know, like I I auditioned for the strip a few months ago and I didn't get it, but I but because I was told you know Richie prefers you be a little bit cleaner and I'm not that clean Jesus, of a comic. Jesus, Richie, come on, yeah, man. right, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, you know what? If he doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. That's how it works. And I'll go to the next place and I'll come back next See, year. This is one too. guy mm-hmm. judging your act. Yeah, and this is the problem with bookers, with club owners. One guy is going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. So if you listen to him then I guess you're going to be able to work that one club. Yeah. Well, how smart is that? Dumb. <laughs> it's not no, a it's good like idea. one guy's opinion. Yeah, it's you know. one guy's it. opinion. Yeah. Well, I think it's- That's why I got out of the clubs for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm only back in it because I always said this was the Cleveland Cadillac big house mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my money, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go to the clubs on my own terms. I don't need the money from the club. I don't want your money because it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Wait, hang on. I do want your money. Yeah. <laughs> hang on. If you're going to give it to me, yeah. I'll take the money. But I know it's not going to be near enough to survive. Mm-hmm. And I always was upset when Eddie Murphy stopped doing stand-up, too. I was like, God bless it, man. Why is he? But I realized, you know, if you're getting $20 million a picture and that, that bone is being satisfied where people are patting you on the back, they're happy with what you're doing, you don't have to get on stage no more. Yeah. But for some reason, I always thought he's coming back. Like when Seinfeld came back, I'm like, 
That's great, man. He's 60 years old or whatever, 65? Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's mid-60s. Yeah, yeah, he's a senior citizen. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like he has crazy. his AARP card. Exactly. So. It's he's like, a guy I didn't like. He's yeah. a guy I never liked. Really? I like Kinnison. I like Murphy. Mm-hmm. I liked, um, uh, God, what the other? I guess he wasn't that great. <laughs> it was Kinnison <laughs> and Murphy. Steve Martin was like a big influence. But Seinfeld, I'm like, why is he funny? I could never figure out why people liked it that much. I've never been a big fan of Seinfeld either. I think it was, it was just too clean for me because I came from a lot of blue. Blue collar, know. yeah. Oh, blue, yeah. Blue, blue. You know, blue. everything blue. was blue. It was like, fuck you. Even Graham was like, fuck you. And everybody <laughs> was like that. Put the fucking cookies down. Yeah. She was so, they were so violent with yeah. the language in yeah. there. I thought it was too mellow, but I realized after you know years of being in it, yeah. You know what? He's so smart about it. Yeah. Which, again, is not that impressive with this smart comedy thing. Okay. Your brain. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. You made the audience think. That's great. But I still like Kinison saying, she's got my dick. (laughs) It's still fucking every time. Yeah. She's got my dick. It's in her purse. Because that's smart. The thing about... Someone who can actually uh, talk about the dick being detached, still alive, and you know whatever it was—that's <laughs> comedy. It's yeah. the exaggeration of something like that. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm thinking the, the golden rule is funny is funny, right? Like that's it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. this is all types of funny. I mean, you know, what's well, like country your... music? Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> we like all art except music. country music. I can yeah. I can stand yeah. by that opinion for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. All comics should unite against country music. Yeah, we did an all episode where I shit on Nashville, so it's fine. We did an episode where you shit on Texas too, and pe- uh, and just Pennsylvania too. Yeah, I I, I do shit on a lot we've of places. Shat on, we've shit on every state. Yeah, every Florida, time we go somewhere, bit. I've just been I've just been I just dump on it. And that's, yeah. isn't that again? Here's what you know. My kids will say to me something about anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't that what comedy is? Uh, well, yeah, where I mean, where does comedy, comedy come from? Because comedy is you? supposed oh. to be hostile towards something. I mean, that's yeah. what the basis of it is. Yeah, I, I can't even remember a comedian who's just like, oh, you know, my life's, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it, a, it is. I think you do need to have a little chip on your shoulder about something that drives you to do this, right? Like, some. I, I don't think you need it. I think everybody has it, and yeah. the comics are honest about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other people are liars. Yeah, that's fair. You know, because one of my kids will say to me something like, uh, you have anger issues. I go, I'm fine. But at least when I'm smiling and happy, point out that I have happy issues. <laughs> at least give me both ends of it. Don't always label the negative. You know, you don't use it as it's bad. Negativity, like anxiety, like everything else, is good. Mm-hmm. You have to, hate is good. You can't have love without hate because there's no comparison then. You got to have hate. Yeah. You know, or otherwise you don't know what you love. If you loved mm-hmm. everything, you'd be like, I'm not sure why. <laughs> what is this? Show, yeah. yeah, what do we you wouldn't even know what love was. <laughs> why do I love you, children? Like, you don't you know yeah. anything. Um <laughs> you gotta hate one kid in order to love the other. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think every parent hates at least one kid, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, kids. it's not hate, it's hate. What you say is and I told my kids this, I go, I try not to love you as much. <laughs> Because it just makes my life worse. And you use that against me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, of course, I love my children, but uh, look, my kids have been now the butt of my jokes, which I think that's right. the big benefit of them at mm-hmm. this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But kids are, uh, it's, uh, it's not for comedy, it's not for comics. That's not Having the lifestyle. Kids is like not yeah. For, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's not. Yeah. You have to have, like, made it in comedy and be doing other projects yeah. for you well, to be you know, like if you're older you know, and you yeah. make it now you want to have kids but if you're a young comic yeah exactly no it's gonna for me I, see again I didn't care because I really did think that this business was too blood sucking 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you if you make it, it's still too blood sucking. Mm-hmm. I love it, but it's gonna be on my own terms. Which meant going to Florida, get out of L.A., figure out how to make money in comedy there. It'll happen, but first of all, focus on my my wife and my kids. That was what I wanted. I wanted to have that relationship, and uh, it was something I never questioned. It was something that I always. You know, I don't know if it was because of my mom and dad, but it was something I always wanted to make sure I had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because, you know, what else is there? Having people with you could be a famous comic and you could have all the, the, the lavishness of being wealthy. But if you don't have anybody with you to share it with, to hang on with, you know, the show, at least to the fun. I mean, you're looking at me like you don't understand what I'm saying. Well, I, you know. <laughs> No, I haven't been on no. a date in a year, I so totally, I, I can't relate. I totally understand what you're yeah. saying, and I was going to quote this show. Do you watch BoJack Horseman at all? I feel like I it's know a show. It, but yeah. no. It's a show that's like our show. It's like he, there's like a quote um, from Diane, who's a, a supporting character to the main character, BoJack, and, and she says like, one day you're going to realize, and you know, BoJack's like a washed out comedian sitcom star. Really? Okay. And like, uh, she says to him, like, one day you're going to realize that... Um, I think it was like everybody adores you, but nobody actually likes you or something right. like that. Yeah. I think it's, it's like a, everyone a cult of fame. Yeah. And it's right. like mm-hmm. very hard hitting line, but it's like, it's true. You know, you got to like, I value my friendships a lot now, especially the people I went to high school with. Yeah. Cause it's like, wow, know, take a shot at me. That's all I, oh, the guy, the other guys are like a lot. That well, I mean, with. I've known them. What have I known you for like a year and a half? Now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> feels this like will a, bring you together. <laughs> feels oh, like a yeah. lot longer. I saw the finger touching. Yeah, yeah we, no, we do a lot of finger touching. That's like the most radical thing. Here's I'll tell you this. And this is a bit that I have experimented on stage, but I don't think that you, you have a real friend, a true friend, unless you've seen his dick. <laughs> that's, I think that's true. I've not seen your dick yet. Yeah, exactly. If you don't see a guy's dick, he's not a real friend. Right. You've never either slept together, yeah. you know, over each other's house, or took a leak together in the woods, or were in the army together, or something. Yeah, exactly. Dick. If you don't see another guy's dick, how is he your friend, man? That, that is, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree, I agree with that. that. Yeah, My closest friends, I've seen all their dicks. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Peter, and whip it out. They'll show it to you. They'll show it to you. <laughs> right. And your best friend always has the smallest dick. That's your best friend. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm everyone's best friend. <laughs> I'm going to bring that a bit back. Yeah, that's good. I've been, getting, like it, I've yeah. been getting a lot of flack from someone said to me, hey, you have a lot of dick material. <laughs> and it's not dick material. It's life material. I mean, <laughs> it focuses around, like I do a bit about my son's dick, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which it, it's true. When you have a son, I had two girls first, the, the, boy, the boy came out and I was like looking at his dick going, God bless. I mean, yeah. it, it didn't look like it was right. It was too tiny. It was too tiny. I was worried. They were doing a circumcision with a thimble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, be careful, man, because there's not much there. So I, now I made the bit into where the nurse says, oh, my God, it's a boy. Look at his little baby penis. <laughs> and I thought, whoa. Now, baby penis means small penis as it is, but right. little baby penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're saying he's got a baby penis, but it's not as normal as a normal baby. It's yeah. it's little to the second power. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a Squared. tiny it's too tiny. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean by that? She's like, oh, I just I, I'm just saying he's got your wife's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so now, it gets, now it gets directed back at me. Yeah. yeah. But I think that material is about anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's all about anxiety. And uh in my life, anxiety rules. It's stage, it's it's life, it's whether I'm in the right position, 
you know, in comedy? Am I doing well? It's just questioning, questioning, questioning where, you know, you're always doubting and then you have to figure out how to not let anxiety influence any decisions. And that's, that's one of the toughest things I'm dealing with always in this business. I could be so much happier owning a fucking piece of place. Mm, yeah. no <laughs> well, plenty of them in New York City. Yeah, if you can open one right there, you'll do fine. You can open one, just sell. Well, yeah. But it'd be boring as shit, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to be bored. You, just, you yeah. want to be excited. Does this business lead to excitement? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've had... I hope you're in some guys. You're in some guy's yeah. apartment yeah. that you've never met before. Yeah, Lily, I, I, I'm having a good time right now. I'm saying I never texted you. But I'm saying... You would not get these chances. You're right. in a stranger's house yeah. that he welcomed you as if he knew you because yeah. comics have the instant friendship where right. we go, yeah. right. oh, these fuckers are in the hole with me. So let's yeah. just let's, uh, do yeah, this you, podcast you do, together. Yeah, you do <laughs> kind of instantly click. That's what I bought. Yeah. It's just showing up to the club or whatever and just seeing you know, other comics. You just like shoot the shit with them. Like, you're right. like, like I've like I used to have a joke with me and him like because we spent like six months doing comedy together and I'm like I've spent more time with you than I, like forever I know nothing about you I yeah. know he's like you just you know guys hanging out and I was so convinced I knew more about you than I actually did I was like I know you went to Ithaca um, and then <laughs> that, that's like, all he had on me. yeah but you will judge the non comic harder oh yes yeah. the normal person mm-hmm. the muggle <laughs> yeah because when you look at someone like that. And their life is very well put together. And what they're talking about is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And this happens when you're a parent and you have to show up at a kid's baseball game or some type of school function and act as if you're one of them. And you can't. You're just, you just want to do something stupid or you want to entertain. And the whole time you don't do it because your wife is going, don't you fucking embarrass <laughs> yeah. Don't me. you fucking don't, talk about the baby people. Please don't do not talk about your father yeah. getting shot or, your, or our son's dick again. Yeah. Which, hey, look, I'm well known in Sarasota. That bit is done multiple times on stage in front of the Board of Education and whoever else is watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when you know you've are. There's no more anxiety about doing that bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think, I, well, we should actually get into a little bit about exactly. doing comedy down there because we it's should, kind of the focus of yeah, our pod. Yeah, so what, uh, you went from L.A. to Tampa? Yes. So what brought you out to Tampa? Well, my mother was living in Sarasota. Okay, so is that like outside of... Sarasota the- is about 50 minutes south of Tampa. Okay, okay so it's kind of like Westchester, New York. Yeah. yeah. Tampa's the big city. Sarasota is the dream city for the retirees. Mm -hmm. It is where all my neighbors were 80 and I was 30. (laughs) And uh, for me, that was beautiful because it motivated me. It made me feel young. And those people are very energetic. You can't kill the old people down in Florida. (laughs) They don't die. So that's why we went. And plus, I was freshly married and I I was traveling. You know, so I was doing a lot of gigs. I was doing Discovery Channel. I was doing NASCAR. I'm on the road too much. And I had to leave my wife in L.A. And she went through the riots by herself. And, you know, I was like, where are you? I'm in Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm having a great fun. time. Yeah. Great. What, what's going on there? It's burning. Everything's yeah. burning. Like, all right. So we left L.A. because I thought, well, I can't afford a house. You know, not a Cleveland house. Cleveland houses were cheap. L.A. houses were, like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Then. That was back then. Now they're even more, now they're more <laughs> yeah. expensive. Yeah. And Sarasota was a deal. It's a mm-hmm. steal. Mm-hmm. So that was the main reason I wasn't going to really be there that much. I wanted a place to leave everybody. And I had worked the comedy scene. I had worked it because my mother had lived there and I was doing coconuts. 
mm-hmm. in the 80s, which was Bob Shoemaker. He's still, he's still there. He's still running St. Pete Coconuts, but he had eight weeks worth of work. One phone call, you got eight weeks worth of work. Wow, mm. that's great. So you would go, you know, I would start off uh, probably Jacksonville and head down through Daytona. You would hit the West Palm, Miami, Key West, come back around the other side. Fort Myers, Sarasota, and then go back to the Yoder, which was Michigan. So I would drive from Sarasota all the way to Michigan. On the way down, I would hit, um, before I went to Coconuts, I would hit the uh, Chris DePetta, which was the punchline. And then Mobile, Alabama had a club too. So there was two weeks of work there. Birmingham had, Birmingham had a club. These were all club clubs. You're talking about right. Tuesday through Sunday, you know. And being by yourself yeah. that long. Just doing the road, right? That, no podcasting, no internet back yeah. then. Yeah, wow. That's it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was mall. You go to the mall, you lift weights, and then what? It's it's one fifteen. Lift weights at the mall, was that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they have massage well, chairs now, but back then there was just dumbbells where you would do sets. That was at Sears. <laughs> just use their use their treadmills use their yeah. you know i still do that <laughs> i swear to god i just did that at target <laughs> that's great lifting weights and watching hoping no one was watching me because i'm like god i haven't lifted in a little bit i just need a couple bicep reps <laughs> but that was uh, uh that was in fact at that time i could have stayed in it at that point i was really in the scene i was i worked for a lot of people uh, Gisser, Mueller up in Cleveland. I still had all that connections. I still had the connections in LA, but I just wanted money. I wanted to make more money and I wanted to be more successful. So I started booking my own shows again, which I had done in LA. I had 12 different shows all the way from uh, Ventura, California down to San Pedro. And there we booked everybody. I mean, comedians out of New York, a lot of comedians out of New York. They lived in LA. They now live here. Um, Sheila Kay, uh, what's the Montgomery? What's her? Is her Carol Montgomery? Carol Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we know. Uh, yeah, better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Shang Forbes. Uh, I think that's where maybe Voss was. If he was, I don't know if he actually did any of my rooms, but I had met so many, like Brian Posehn, Danny Woodburn, that was on Seinfeld. All those guys. Yeah, all those guys had worked with me, and I met one of my best friends in comedy, Tim Wilkins, who is now uh, he's the bodybuilding comic. So I got into nice. the construction industry <laughs> yeah. and I was doing well. I said, you should think about maybe doing something you love and writing some material about it. So he started doing jokes about the bodybuilding industry mm-hmm. and became a writer for like uh, uh, the Gold's Gym magazine. I can't think of the guy oh, who runs um, Gold's. The big, Weeder, Joe Weeder. Yeah. I left sometimes. You do. I know. <laughs> yeah, You're a monster, man. Yeah. I used to be better. That's why I held man. the door open for you when you came in. <laughs> <laughs> But that was, you know, typically that was, at that time, you could have worked almost in the club. Mm-hmm. But the clubs, I think, died. And I wasn't part of it at that time when they started dying. Mm-hmm. You started hearing about the alt scene. Right. Well, that was the big thing of the 90s, right, is that the alt scene really started to rise up because the clubs were dying more or less because there were just too many opened at one point, right? And just kind of, yeah. from what I can, the history yeah, of comedy. It's like there was just so many people who were not putting on good shows and people were like, why am I coming to this club? Yeah. So they yeah. stopped going. And there, I mean, there was a lot of great comics, so I got to tell you something. And still to this day, when I see a lot of even brand new open micers, I'm like, that guy's got some good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, people are good and entertaining so you have to be 10 times greater than the worst comic in this town which is 
probably the best comic in Iowa. Yeah. Not that I'm ripping on Iowa. I love Iowa. Man, come on now. And Florida, because Florida has some really great people. I just see a lot of talent everywhere. Uh, it's like for me as a, uh, I'm an older guy. What am I going to do for my entertainment? Last night I went to the piano bar. You know, I'm watching piano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this area, you got go-go dancers across the street. Where am I going? Yeah. Go comedy show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to motivate people to go see it. How am I going to get? How am I going to get someone to come and see the show now? Now it's on television, internet, YouTube, Facebook. Everyone's entertaining. You got people on the subway entertaining. Oh yeah. Do yeah. I need any more entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> we were passing by subway performers getting here and Tom oh. was just like I want to make that illegal <laughs> just like guys yeah. playing like dancing to Michael Jackson or something there was also the guy on the subway who was doing like a yeah. performance piece on the Vegas shooting and I'm just like are you serious <laughs> yeah the guy's like oh, I remember it was a year ago and he's like dude I'm like Come on, man. Do we have time to catch up for the whole history of your bit? Yeah, I'm like, I don't need, like, I vaguely remember it. Like, you know, come on. You'll get a lot of those in New York City. Like, people will come into the subway car and they'll, like, Like, do poetry for everyone. But, like, I'm just like, poetry I get, but a backstory on a Vegas shooting that I could, it was, like, five years ago. I can't remember this. It was, like, a year ago, actually. Two years ago. me, like, clips from CNN or something on the wall. I joked to him. It's like, there's been, like, eight mass shootings since then. I'm a little little over it. (laughs) That'll be the next Broadway play. You're right. Las Vegas, not even my Mass shooting. Mass shooting the musical. It's the way we do it here. Yeah. yeah. No matter what happens, it becomes entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for like the next Die Hard to take place in the school. I always. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's only a little bit of a joke, too. No, yeah. that's really good. Write the script. Yeah. I'll write that's it with really you. Good. Yeah. No, <laughs> Carmen will be we're associate not, producer. We're not even outraged by him anymore. It's I, the next mass shooting, if it was in a kennel. Oh, that then would get some you would done. see some people going, what the fuck? They took out a poodle. <laughs> yeah. yeah right i mean that's what would have to happen yeah it'd be a great snl bit but they'll never they'll, they'll never that do that they'll never go that far yeah that's uh, one thing i've learned in my comedy joking about dog deaths do not go over well they and, do not like and that. i have a dog yeah so i don't want to get hear any shit from people who don't have dogs telling me i can't joke about dogs <laughs> because i think here's what the dog problem is it is the entitlement problem you know i hate even saying that word because i don't that's not my word no, it really is not. <laughs> Your privilege or whatever. Yeah, I hate, yeah, I hate yeah. those fucking words. Yeah. You know, what it is is people trying to get away with shit. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your dog on the plane. Let's go get a... Now they're cracking down, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying, yeah. this, is, this is not a service animal. We'll fine you or whatever. That's what you got to do. Yeah. The old days, it was no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. That's Classic. It. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Right? But then... 7-Eleven got competition with Circle K with Wawa, and it's like, fuck it, man, come in with your with a boner. We don't give a shit as long as you buy a donut, put three on there, and walk. Anything goes yeah. for money. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all for money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only reason people are apologizing for money, money, yeah, their brand, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, you, like that's that is the main reason is because it's like, oh, this person's like, you might lose like a nickel, and I can't lose that. Like, if it's just, it's all about just getting people to cave to the pressure of 10 people on twitter like, we've, we've compromised yeah for a culture that says uh we don't like the big corporation we love them we love them we'll stay open on sundays christmas yeah thanksgiving to sell 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 the shit mm-hmm. and i'm a recycler all this shit is used you see this crap <laughs> yeah. this ain't new stuff it doesn't match does it no, I, but I've been married 27 decent years. Decent for New York City. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is all you shit, man. Yeah, 
used. I've been a recycler since day one because when you grow up with authenticity, let me give you another one of your words. <sighs> a poor kid on the streets of Cleveland without a caddy. You got to clean your own tennis shoes. You got to go door to door selling shit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a lot of money, you take care of your shit. You buy used. I had money in the bank when I was like 10 because I worked and I busted my ass. So everything I have, I go, no, no, we're not throwing this away. Yeah. We're going to keep it. So for, I, I really do believe that the the culture of consumerism, all this stuff that seems new, it's not new. You know, this is not stuff that people should focus on. The corporations, all these things are running, you know, the businesses. We got to apologize so we can continue to make money. And the pressure is insane. Mm -hmm. Why does Walmart have to make an extra 0.2 billion every quarter or the stock will just go into a free fall? That's that is excessive capitalism in a nutshell. <laughs> like late late right. uh, stage capitalism in a nutshell. That's a very much our term. Yeah, right. It, it, yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I, somebody described to me as like McDonald's, same thing, right? But there's such thing as peak hamburger. There's only right. so many, you know, uh, quarter pounders you can sell because there's only so many people are going to eat. It's like wh- what more could you do? Where are we at peak comedy now? Uh, kind of. Yeah. So think- if peak comedy happens, what do we do? We, I mean, I'm always we charge a- the comics to go on stage. Yeah, yeah. We make them bring more people. Yeah. We have a roast battle. Two guys that were friends now are yeah. going to rip the shit out of each other. Yeah. It's gladiator shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to entertain people. Yeah. So that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, and there's no solution to this because we all want to stay in it. We're not yeah. willing to quit. Uh, the, yeah, the solution is, I think, just just. Start shooting up comedy clubs state to get rid of some state controlled. State controlled comedy. State controlled comedy. There's two solutions. Yeah, our Cuomo's got to institute the Department of Comedy, and then you get your license to, to do, do mics. Com- <laughs> yeah, that's that's the rule. You get like a Class A license. You get to do mics, and then after three years, you can apply for a yeah. Class B license. Yeah. Unions, yeah. unionizing. Yeah. Yeah. Unions. That's it. You're yeah. a journeyman comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you get hazed, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that where we kick you out, make you do improv. We have that. <laughs> we do have that. That's yeah. our system right now. Yeah, we're self-regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if uh, if you're not tough, if you're not tough, like I think also too, at some point you can rise in this business, but you can fall, mm-hmm. and either you say I'm done, which a lot of people do. You know, I always wondered, like, um, even with the greatest bands. And some of the mediocre bands that I love, they go, where was the second album? What happened? Pearl Jam's first album was so good. (laughs) What happened? Right? They gave it all that one push. And then they go away and you never see them again. Mm -hmm. So is it that we, those who don't make it, don't know that feeling of making it, are still trying to achieve that, that we'll never quit unless we do make it. And it's really a curse. All we want to do is quit really like cut out the middle part we're not going to make it anyway so quit the business this podcast should be encouraging comics to quit <laughs> oh, the business trust me we we do that often as a as a uh, uh, underground secret covert movement for you to move up yeah no and then you tell it as a documentary later on <laughs> oh and that's when we achieve success that and is, sell out. yeah exactly you just, I, have off a, I have another idea like this yeah. that i think we, i can sell to you yeah it's called smoke break smoke break it's a bit about a guy who bums cigarettes mm-hmm. right first what he does is he goes and talks to all the people who are still smoking mm-hmm. and says what the fuck are you doing the overwhelming evidence 
is that you will die horribly. You won't be able to breathe the last 10 years of your life. Why? So, but we put them on a pedestal and credit them for continuing to smoke in the face of adversity and, and treat them like gold. And then we bum cigarettes off of every one of them. And then we tell the world that it was our plan to bum cigarettes. If we could just take one cigarette out of the hands of a smoker, it was worth it. And then we sell the cigarettes back. (laughs) 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 It's an evil, real backstory of what this was Mm -hmm. just to make money. Yeah. Right. See, all these things are ways of getting the publicity. You know, when you've been doing this this long, every idea crosses your brain. Mm -hmm. How do I get on stage? How do I get noticed by a booker? How do I get on Comedy Central? And I will tell you, I've tried a lot of shit, a lot of stuff, you know, and I've had a lot of thoughts and, uh, it's still, it still hasn't happened. I know you're looking at me in wonderment going, why, how could it not? Yeah. The guy's amazing. (laughs) He just told us the plot to, to, to really punch down on smokers. (laughs) One of my buddies, uh, Shang, I always said to him, you want to be famous? This was back in the 90s in L.A. I said, throw a brick through the window <laughs> of the improv with a note, I want to kill Bud Friedman. Yeah. Right? And maybe that came from that movie with De Niro and Jerry Lewis. Oh, uh, King of Comedy? King of Comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where I got that idea. See, no idea is original. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, you get famous for something, even something bad. Then all of a sudden you end up on the Tonight Show at the end. That's true. Infamy is big in America. There's no such thing as bad press. Right. Like You're right. So I guess what I want to ask you is like... We're we're, we're creeping up on an hour here, so... uh, Yeah, we can go over. I mean, this is... Well, I'm just just, just, just letting everybody know. Uh, Carmen has been a delight. (laughs) Yeah, no, he has. Like, I've I've actually been fascinated by, like, everything he's been saying. It's so good to get somebody... (laughs) A lot of actual experience, you know? I want to get more 30-year comedians on. Because we we have a lot to say. Oh. Yeah, we should have... 23, 25, we don't have shit to say. That's why we got to get older people on, because they have a lot to say. Yeah, that's true. 30-year comics and really... You know, they'll be more appreciative also mm-hmm. because they don't even understand podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a phenomena in my age group. I'm still doing open mics, even in Florida when I'm headlining clubs. Hmm. Really? And I got that because of Margaret Cho. I think she actually uh, motivated me because, you know, every comic has that, like you said, the narcissistic brain. Who the fuck are you telling me I got to do? I don't do open mics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, if you look at it with a different perspective and different attitude, and you go, why don't you do open mics? Who the fuck are you? Try some new material. Get out there to the public again. It's like barking. It's like baseline comedy. Learn to do it. So nobody I know there's a headliner does open mics. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Would nobody. Imagine. No, I would not, not at all. Nobody. And here's the worst part is when people see you at an open mic and they don't know you, they go, you should do comedy. <laughs> yeah that hurts that yeah. hurts more than anything yeah yeah very painful but yeah i think the 30 year guys they probably have a lot to say a lot oh, to say i mean I, I just think people who are older in general have a lot to say because they've, yeah. they've lived lives they've, they've lived longer lives which is like i'm always like that's why I like me personally i'm always like i always like talking to like 
guys who are like in their early 30s because like they're, they're well so like let, they live I'll, so I'll much longer no, than like, let me explain so it's like i like talking to guys in early 30s because like there's not as much of an age gap where i can like still relate to these people on some level but like they have a lot to say just about like oh 20s yada yada dada and they just like kind of like have started to like really get what life is all about for them at the very and least they're wrong then they're wrong because of <laughs> and, ask a four-year-old and, I'm, and i'm yeah and then and he's yeah. wrong yeah Here's what you got to know, that whatever you think is bad is not bad. Whatever you think is hard is not hard. Whatever you think you should be doing right now, you should do it. You should really try to reach for as much craziness as possible, way beyond what you think you're capable of, and that you will die. As we remember all do. The death. <laughs> yeah. all we but do. remember the death part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that'll... Look, I'm running this apartment right now, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a house in Florida. Mm. I haven't told anybody about this. I, I, you know, my family doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm blowing all my money. <laughs> so I get to spend it. No one else gets it. This is a pretty penny right here. I have no income coming from this. This is all going to be, this is, everyone that I know of, all my friends that I went to college with have had jobs with corporations that talk about six, seven, ten years I'm retiring. The great. Then What? Now you're 60 whatever years old. You're going to go water skiing? You're going snow skiing? What are you going to do? Well, we're hoping to get an RV and drive around the and do what? <laughs> we're going to look at shit. It's all they want to Oh yeah, yeah I was looking at shit. It's like why people who are our age who retire, they're just like, oh, "Fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> like yeah. what do I do with my time?" Well, this like is start- why I'm doing something that is way beyond comfortable. Mm-hmm. It will put me in a position Mm-hmm. because it will make me unglue my ass from wherever it was and to hustle again and to write more and to do podcasts with people who are younger than me who maybe maybe will look at me as if, you know, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he? It doesn't matter, right? And that's what you always got to remember. I think that you don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks about you. That is the key to it all. Yeah, that's it. Remember, everyone, Carmen doesn't give a shit about what you think. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I should do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I really care about is, you know, my wife. Oh, of course. If she's mad at me, I got to dial it back and think about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's right all the time. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that because, you know, we compliment each other. She's a hard worker. And uh, I am the one that's always saying, don't fucking don't cook tonight don't fold clothes don't let's not do it let's go get the fuck out of here let's go to grand central just walk around and eat whatever just do nothing Mm -hmm. and then she'll say we need to do this we need to work we need to get on the computer we need whatever it is so you have that balance but really the big picture for me and i think i achieved that i don't like to talk about smoking weed because i don't want to encourage anybody out there and everyone who's listening to this this already smokes weed i know Yeah. yeah but not in the way i did (laughs) (laughs) but i remember getting high and painting and just sitting somewhere in the nighttime looking at the sky and thinking about my mother dying when i was like 25 how old are you 23 i'm 23 i'm just turned 25 okay so my son's 20 no my son's not 20 he's 19 (laughs) my daughter's 26 so at that age I had, you know, some anxiety about thinking about my mother's death, which scared the fuck out of me, you know, for some reason back then. Uh, 
I'm not saying I want you to die, Mom. That's not what I said, even though you'll never listen to this. You don't even know how to fucking download shit. But anyway, I, then I applied it to me. It quickly went to me going, you're going to, I'm looking at the stars and infinity and all that shit. Like everybody eventually does. I go, you got to do whatever you want to do now. And people are dropping at 50, 40. Like Prince, Prince just dropped. I'm like, fucking Prince. Yeah. And that's my kind of generation. You know, I'm I'm sure that people, you know, have died, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you think about how, how sad this podcast has become. <laughs> no, this is... Oh, this is nowhere near the saddest episode of this, this podcast. This is great. <laughs> but yeah. if you think about that, you will do everything possible right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You will live in the moment. Yeah. You will. So uh, this podcast is dedicated to Mac Miller. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. Did he die? Us to, he yeah, died a like year 26 ago. 26 or something. So it's like, oh, we're living in the moment right now doing this podcast Was in this he apartment. someone that lived in the moment? Yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure he did. He yeah. was a famous rapper for ages like 17 till his he, death. He, you know, he OD'd like they all oh, do, really. okay. Yeah. yeah. Or get shot. Right. But. See, they're not living the correct way. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. He, they're not. These guys who um, think that you have to... I have no problem doing drugs. I have no problem getting drunk. I have no problem... But to overdo anything. Like, I get pissed off if I'm watching three hours of TV in a row. I'm like, this is fucking stupid, man. But you can't get up. <laughs> right it's like another another percocet it's like, yeah one more i don't give a shit right it's just another way of keeping you uh not meditated or medicated is is keeping you sedated s- sedated it's keeping you so and i sometimes it's hard to break away from that mm-hmm. i will spend it's even at my age i don't let it happen too much anymore but i used to spend like an hour or two walking around going, what the fuck am i gonna do and that's the problem without structure with no structure as a comic mm-hmm. there's no job to go to there's no subway to catch there's no time frame you got to be really good at time management as a comic yeah. really good you know this amount of time is for making money this is amount of time for working out and this is the amount of time for working on my on, on comedy oh, or, yeah. or my art mm-hmm. i hate when they say art that's so fucking stupid yeah, it's weird. I don't like being called an artist. Doing I don't think I, I, I prefer entertainer. Right. Like There's more apt. Well, here's, now I'm going to ask you this. Do you appeal to the, do you want the crowd to like you? And is that why you're doing it? Or are you doing it so the crowd will follow you? I think I do it so the crowd will follow me. If you're doing it without worrying about what the crowd likes, that's an artist. Yeah, I guess I'm an artist then. No, an entertainer, I, yeah, yeah. entertainer will do what the crowd wants. Exactly. And honestly, like I've told myself, like I don't want to like, I'm trying to like work on my act in a way that at least I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I can bring people on board and, you know, not, not to say like, Oh, fuck you. But it's like, I want like, I want to please both sides of the equation. I want to like, be of course, doing stuff that like, I'm like doing stuff that's like cathartic for me to do. Right. And I can go, go in, do it. And if it like doesn't land as well, it's like it's all right because I fucking nailed that right. for me personally. Like I nailed that joke. I know I did. And you know, another audience probably would have liked it better. That's how I'm seeing it th- at this point in my young, and you will young because life. You're just a human being. Yeah. So just because of that one similarity to another human, you will relate somehow. <clears throat> so it doesn't mean that you. There's. It's almost impossible to do something that will get you no crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. Almost Everyone. impossible. Just test it. Yeah. Now I used to test this out before I got married. And women, you know, is it me, or is it the women? Why are not women responding to me? 
Now, I would if if you hit on the hottest woman, you would go, "Oh, she's too hot for me." I've reached way above. What do they say? League. Above my yeah, she's out of my yeah, league. Right? Out of your league. Mm-hmm. So then you go and you ask a girl that you think is below your league, and she says the same thing as the hot girl. I go, "It's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's my fucking approach." Yeah, because <laughs> women in general don't like what I'm saying to them. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Because I can understand that if you are trying to reach for a woman that you think is like for me, I'm short, so a tall girl. They like tall guys. I mean, I've had a couple girls. Not had had. (laughs) (laughs) I have met a couple ladies in college that liked me, and I just didn't like. I was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought, no, it's not going to work. It just doesn't match. I I need someone my height so I can look face to face at this person. And um, that wasn't it. It was the idea that I probably wasn't mature enough in what I was saying to women in general, right? That's how you figure things out. And same thing with the crowd. You know, it's not it's it's not the crowd. It might be you. Are you holding back on what you're saying? Are you not saying it in a clear, concise manner? Is it logical? Logic is everything. Everything in comedy has to have some wacko perspective or slant, but it has to make sense. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to make sense. I mean, you can do gibberish and get laughs. <laughs> yeah. I've seen guys do that. Yeah, I saw Adam Sandler at the comic strip in like '80. I keep telling this story. It's almost like a dream to me now, wondering if it's real. But he was on stage for 15 minutes, and all he said was, where's the wizard? (laughs) And if you're listening, Adam, please let me know if this is true, because I remember all you said was, where's the wizard for 15 minutes? And me and my sister were like, what the fuck? is this guy doing thank you adam for the loyal listen <laughs> you're uh, listen, a valued I, follower I, I worked with him last year you know yeah. he, might, yeah. he might listen yeah leslie jones fan of the friend leslie of the podcast jones, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a friend of the podcast Throw him all in there yeah yeah <laughs> all that. no one can prove otherwise in this town. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. it's possible it's oh, not yeah. possible in sarasota but here yeah oh yeah it's possible i mean you just walk down uh mcdougall you'll probably bump into a famous comedian for at any time bump into sam yeah, the other day the seller, yeah uh, oh yeah totally Norman thing. it's it is weird because we do see famous people but like we're not you know we don't hang out with them yeah <laughs> that's the uh <laughs> I think it's another, you know, thing that you believe that if you meet enough famous people, you'll get help from the famous. They yeah, won't help you. Grab them by no. the coattails. They don't want to talk to you. No. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like the hot woman. Yeah. yeah. Right. So talk to the most famous comic and he treats you like shit. Go talk to a, a comic that's an open mind. He'll treat you like shit, too. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's you. It's yeah. not. <laughs> it's you. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Carmen's failed with women and yeah, comics. And comics. <laughs> no one likes them. Oh, I yeah. made the big mistake yeah. when Letterman was on the air. I went yeah. to go like barge into the show. Like in '88, I had a headband on. I had shorts up to, like here, showing my balls. I was walking. I, I jumped on stages on Broadway because I was. This is who I was, right? Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin Cleveland. Who, no, you're not going to tell me I can't go past your red velvet rope bullshit right and my sister's all embarrassed i'm jumping on subways being a dick you know and she's like you're lucky that could have been the express i'm like i don't give a fuck right this is a free-for-all so i go to rockefeller center i guess right is that where letterman used to be i yeah yeah yeah. and i see the band guy at that time before Uh paul schaefer it's a younger guy and the way i said it was hey man take a picture of me like a command Mm -hmm. and that totally and even back then like today, I understand that people are like, who do, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't talk to people. But back then, you could even say, hey, man, take it. What did you say? I go, I, oh, could you, you want to take a picture? <laughs> I'm like, totally. <laughs> you're not in Cleveland, dude. You're not with your uncles. You're not with your cousins. You're not in your little 
bubble of security where you all could be dickheads to each other and get away with shit. That's why my family doesn't leave Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you saw them outside of the bubble, they would be so uncomfortable and and uh, could not. They always say, why would I leave Cleveland? It's got everything. <laughs> because you fucking don't even know how to react to nobody else. You don't even know how to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. I used to bring my kids there when they were young from Florida just to go, look, it's it's like a zoo. You're just going to look at the animals. We're not going to really <laughs> yeah. can, you know, play with them or nothing. You're just going to look at them for a little bit and see how this operates. Mm -hmm. Because it's still like this today. You learn bad habits, bad traits, if you never leave your bubble. If you, I don't care where it is. right? It could be L.A., it could be New York, whatever. If you're stuck in your own little clan, like I see people around here who are neighborhood people. Upper East Side people who have never left. Yeah, they don't. They don't go downtown. They don't go anywhere. I go. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get Cleveland because there's nothing around it. Where else are you going to go? Akron. <laughs> right. You're saying Akron sucks. Please don't write the podcast. No, you can. Akron sucks. <laughs> I'll, say, no I'll say Akron sucks. Is, yeah, Sean will say Akron it. does blow, and you know it, even though in hilarities is gone. Yeah. Used to be hilarities there. That's it's big gone. on Long Island. Is people who are like, why would I go into New York City? It's like a 30 minute train ride to go see the most historic city of all time and do things it's like i can i have chinese food out here long well, island's also a place we've trashed no i've yeah. trashed long island regularly we trashed only, a lot of places I, I can't think of a single place i haven't trashed the premise of the podcast is talking about other places and we all trash the shit out of them we do <laughs> that's what i would yeah. like to do is actually yeah. get off this manhattan trip that i'm on yeah and go see the people that are slumming it in long island yeah you should i really want yeah. to see it you, you can the LIRR, you get to the, the west islip people oh yeah west Island. that's Babylon. People, mm -hmm. yeah, we're Konkuma. Uh, I like the names though. Raw oh, Rawway is headlined Rawway part by Bagel Boss. Yep. Uh, Mawa. Uh, you can just make up any like as long as it's like two, two or three syllables. It's, it's are these Indian names? Half are Indian, half are Italians who stole from the Indians. <laughs> We, Italians didn't yeah. steal from the Indians. Come on, <laughs> no, they, they stole yeah, a lot. They yeah, they, yeah, they stole a lot out there. The Columbus people. Oh yeah, Columbus. Uh, yeah, there's so much shit in Long Island. Like uh, that's a big thing in Mawa. Is like they're technically actually it's still native land, but like they just built over it. It's Where the, is the uh, the Italian people now? Where are they? Are they they're still, here. Are they still yeah. around? The they're like a classic Italian American. Oh, they're well, like are they yeah. still yeah. around New York City? Yeah. yeah, they're still in New York City. Uh, I'd say most of them have moved to Long Island. There's some in Westchester. Some Westchester. In Westchester. Like, they must be older because older like, older yeah. they're going more looking more Brooklyn and Queens. Because, yeah, I mean at least Manhattan itself has become so everything of it. There's no, it's a true not homogenous. What's the opposite of that? Um, um, opposite of homogenous. Yeah, I guess heterogeneous. Just so many different groupings right. of people. Yeah, right. I think Damn so. It, Peter, beautiful. No, no yeah. big words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pulled that we, out of nowhere. We, we got made fun of on our first episode for using big words, so we try to avoid them now. No, I don't try to. Avoid. I'm proud of. I'm proud of being, you know, smart, which people should be. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think you feel, feel real proud of yourself saying you're smart. <laughs> yeah. huh? uh, Fuck it, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess just to wrap this up, yeah, uh, Carmen. So that? you've been. Yeah, you, that was it. You were done. Heterogeneous. That was it. Yeah, heterogeneous. I, I that's my peak. I think we're going to like try to be under an yeah, hour and a half. I'd say. Oh yeah, we're at an hour fifteen. Right. Yeah, now, but that's so. fine. This has been. You've been a great guest. Thank you. Uh, you've thank been great. You we'll have you back on. This was great. Fuck yeah! I'd love to have you back on. Right after this one, we'll just stay and make another one. <laughs> we'll just have Carmen for October. Yeah, November. might as well. We can do four hours worth. Um, but I think the thing I'll, I'll ask you for now is, you know, you just got to New York City, yeah. and so like, says him now, like, what is your plan? Like, what have you been doing, and what do you hope Comedy to do? Goals. In, Here's in my the future. problem with with the questions. I feel like I shouldn't be honest. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, because you I'm just, Italian. You can lie to us. You know, yeah, because fine. I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think my plan is number one, let's see how it goes normally. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone says how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to free mics, you show up at the comic strip, you call your contacts. Um, you know, you tell everybody you're in town and you promote yourself as much as possible. If that doesn't work, mm-hmm. nah, this is my this is how impatient I am. I'm going to say within three months, if that doesn't work, then, which I've already reached out to start looking at where can I book my own shows. That's next. And it's not going to be like a produced show like I see what these guys are doing where the comics are getting paid. I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like the bringer shows. I don't like the pay for play. I, I think it's wrong. I don't think I can make a huge difference. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. But I would like to put on shows where comics got paid. So bringing comedians, put on show shows, normal shows, you know, not 15 people, three to five comics. And that sounds a lot. And see how that goes and try to maybe create some type of atmosphere of Upper East Side comedy again because it all went downtown. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. all downtown. It now. all went downtown. Yeah. And I understand, you know, most people that go out are younger, so we keep it down there. But now if you're familiar with what I put on my website, you saw that I had a guy, Bill Grunfest. Yes. You know who he is? He was a writer-producer for Mad About You, right? You know who else he is? No, um, I don't know. He uh, is the founder of the Comedy Cellar. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. I That's, didn't know that at all. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look him up. Okay. So he contacted me. It's been a little bit of time. I stay in t- I just wrote him yesterday. But he, and he hasn't got back to me, so don't try to act like you know Bill Grunfest. But <laughs> he, he's, he's friendly to me. Yeah. And he's, me and him tried to put on, he, he actually contacted me, took my act, made a sitcom out of it. Then I went to L.A. and we filmed uh, a pilot, which got nowhere <clears throat> because, I mean, people liked it. They said it was very Archie Bunker-ish, mm-hmm. which I took as a compliment. And uh, we probably had to be more diverse is what he said. And he didn't think about that at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, what I my my act of the and I'm not that interested in doing this, but my act probably is good for a television sitcom. It's a construction based character that is, you know, yeah, old school, stereotypical. You could play it like an Archie Bunker guy and teach the world about culture and everything with it, like like that original show all in the family. But that guy, the reason the reason I'm bringing him up is because at that time he opened the comedy cellar. All the comedy was on the Upper East Side. So the comic strip. Dangerfield, everybody up here was very particular about who was coming to their clubs. Mm-hmm. The comics had to be spot on. There wasn't a lot of chance to develop. So Grunfest pretty much decided to open up his own place as a comic, help comics. Like I always think about doing is helping comics. Let's mm-hmm. do our own thing. We're comedians. We're not getting what we need. We have to bow down to everybody. And that's where the comedy is now. And yeah. It's been there for a long time. So why isn't it here? This is my big question, everybody. Every time I talk to somebody, I go, what happened to the comedy on the Upper East Side? I didn't know the comic strip was hurting. I didn't know Dangerfields was hurting. I don't know if they know they're hurting. This is what I've heard from mm-hmm. comedians. Mm-hmm. I've been in the, you know, I've, I've walked by it a thousand times now. I was very blown away by it in the beginning, but now it's like just another club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really think that there's a chance that there's a possibility 
And I say this hesitantly because I just got here and I don't want to blow my cover, but I've been talking to people. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we do comedy up here? More comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and good comedy, not that there's bad comedy down in the village, but I think that got out of hand. It's out of hand with charging comedians. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's I hate like it. Predatory as shit. The problem is what I hate worse is comedians agree that it's okay. Yeah. I hate that worse. Yeah. I mean, it's if just comics like. were fucking picketing and walking and yeah. had signs that fuck you. We're not paying you to go on stage. Yeah. We're going to go over here to this empty building and do a pop-up show. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, I mean, it'd be yeah, great, it'd be great yeah. if we actually banded together and did this. So I think this is, is the start scabs. of. I think this is the start of the revolution, though. I, I <laughs> the think podcast, so. I the mean, history will remember episode twenty-two with Carmen. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah, I feel like at my age too, when I've done a, a lot of stuff in comedy, that I don't really care if I'm blackballed, if I'm uh, arrested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I getting arrested already? What did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah. If I'm if I am um, ostracized for saying this, <clears throat> I've said it online, you know, because there's a comedians, there's exploitation against comedians website or Facebook has a page about it mm-hmm. where people talk about being exploited, you know, as a comic. And uh, I know it's not it's not uh, what do you call that when they take women and enslave them and bring them over to other human countries? Trafficking. Yeah, it's not human trafficking, yeah, yeah. but it's close. Yeah. God bless it. It's close. <laughs> big words, big words. Yeah. <laughs> You're the big word man. He's, he's a word. He's a, he's a word boy. So that's my plan: is to do at least I I want I want to be successful with what I do. I want to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I do want to be funny. I'm consciously interested in being funny, writing material, making videos on Facebook. Um, but I also want to be uh relevant to the group right. and not say oh this is old man comedy or he doesn't understand i want to understand what's going on but i also don't want everyone to become uh prey to what you it's the uh oh, i'm having a hard time it's another big word where everybody follows come um, on peter everyone follows everyone's following everybody's becoming it's with a c it's the word where you you Conform. Conformity. There it is. I don't like it's, it's conform. It's conform. It's conform, conform. Conform to norms. It's conform, and then I'll edit that in. So it knows. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone will so, not realize that I didn't that, know yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. That I don't want to. I just I don't think that the conformity. Yeah, yeah. Is great for the business. It's a great word. Conform. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. You know, and my idea is to still be independent in some ways. Yeah. As a comic be funny i would love to participate with the clubs but why make it so hard for everybody rodney dangerfields mm-hmm. they got people who are running it throwing comedy schools oh i'm yeah. against the comedy school oh, look and yeah. i work for oh yeah i never went to school for comedy i don't think that's really a necessity i know there's a lot of promising of stage time and a lot of money for the people who run them but i'm sorry it is against what i believe in the world of comedy it shouldn't be happening Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I just think anyone who, like, is predatory towards someone who wants to, like, like, you know, just, like, starry-eyed individuals. I want to do comedy. Like, I can be funny. It's so then... disgusting to me. It's just, like, stop. Yeah. It's, stop it's making these people. Yeah, yeah. Stop making these I people. I want to get laid. Yeah. yeah. For a certain amount of money, you can. Yeah. yeah. But that's awesome, though, that you want to, like, 
or you know considering in the future putting on your own show because i mean that's like really kind of what's happening in new york city right now i mean granted as you said like a lot of them it's just like oh you know it's a showcase we're doing it for fun we're not like yeah, the, trying to make money off of it but like i mean oh no, I think we have to make money think, we have yeah, to survive yeah, yeah. It's, it's, i mean it's like a, it's a business comic run shows i think are awesome i really do and i mm-hmm. really i really honestly i really believe that is the future of comedy just like i mean i don't know if it'll actually I mean, we'll, we'll find out we'll find out well, but what like else ideally what's gonna do that don't yeah. make it yeah. Uh, jump off a bridge, probably. Jump off, jump off the Brooklyn they Bridge. They will end up. Look, I think Bud Freeman was a comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you go into producing. Mark Lano, right? his partner in L.A., uh, actor. I don't know if he ever did stand-up. It's not the road that I would choose for me to be an owner of a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could easily do that at this point. I could buy mm-hmm. a club and run it, mm-hmm. but I have the comic mindset. I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a free bird. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be tied down to anything. And I have my wife, I have children, um, but I live in a country that is allowing me. I'm not in this Russian thing where this guy's got to worry about, you know, really, he has to worry that if he says some shit about the government, there's a possibility that he could be put in jail. Yep. Yeah. And we're not here. This is not this country. This country, and now we get a bad rap, but this country has so much freedom. The ability, look what, what was bred in this country. Look what we, what we have produced in this country, the type of people. It's a very independent thinking country because of revolution. Mm-hmm. We've decided we weren't going to put up with anybody's shit ever since back in the day. Well, hell and that's yeah. what self-employment is. Yeah. And if I wasn't a stand-up, I'd still be self-employed. Because I w- didn't like working for anybody or hearing anybody else tell me what to do. And that is a conformist stance in my eyes. Yes, you are sacrificing some of your soul to make money, to buy shit you'll never fucking use. Great job that you got a Porsche that sits in a garage for 12 hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And I see that all the time. My neighbor in Sarasota is a neurosurgeon. He's got a brand new fucking Porsche, Mm -hmm. but he's always at the hospital. I'm a comedian, and I live in your neighborhood, Dick. (laughs) And people will come up to me and go, do you work? I go, yeah, I work. But I do it in a way that this country allows. Yeah. Just like this podcast, just like my daughter, what she's doing with photography and blogging and working independently. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We need people to serve that fucking pizza. Sure. I have yeah. got to have that pizza. <laughs> yeah, and I had a pizza place. We had a pizza place, and I still think that's one of my things that is romantic to me is the idea of business. You know, having your own place. If you serve pizza, if you do comedy, if you do look Uber and Rover and all the capability of making money within your own time frame. Mm-hmm. Where? Where else? Where else? When I watch 90 Day Fiance, I'm like, why are they dying? (laughs) Why is this hot Brazilian chick dying to meet this slovenly, ridiculous looking human in Vegas and live with him and his mother? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because this country offers the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. My heart is pumping red, white, and blue right now, baby. (laughs) Feeling patriotic as shit. I think that's a great note to end on. That's a great note to end on. As we get there, Aaron. Carmen, here. thank you so much. This was awesome. This was so I much fun. for letting these goons into your, your, yeah, home. into your house. And no, I'm yeah. very Let happy to talk to you. Glad to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I hope to have you on again. Definitely. I definitely you can tell you have thousands of stories to tell. <laughs> a lot of these waiting to come out. Uh, where can people follow you? If uh, I'm at, a, at Construction Comic on Instagram. Okay. I'm also Facebook, Carmen Sorcillo, which I'm sure you'll we'll post spell my out. last name because it's not easy. But I have two Facebooks. One's a construction comic. One's me. And uh, YouTube. 
Carmen Sarasillo. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right. And I've been Peter Clark Deutsch. I've been Sean Barry. And you've been listening to, to Two Mike Minimum. Minimum. I'll see you next week. Bye.